1: On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview Sharkpreneurs, who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business.
2: Welcome to, your, to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. I am here always with the inventor of the infomercial and the original shark on Shark Tank, Kevin Harrington. Kevin, thanks so much for being with us.
0: Good to be here, Seth. Looking forward to today's
2: program. It's going to be fun you got it our very special guest today is mike dillard he built his first million dollar business by the age of 27 in 2010 he founded a financial education company to teach others how to achieve financial freedom through investment strategies commonly reserved for the wealthy and acquired get this 8,600 paid customers in seven days combined his businesses have produced more than 60 million dollars in revenue without any outside funding His primary company today is Self Made Man, which produces over five hundred, which provides, excuse me, over five hundred thousand entrepreneurs with the knowledge and skills they need in order to achieve their goals in life and business. Mike, thanks so much for joining
3: us. Absolutely, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you guys so much. It's good to see you again, Kevin.
0: You too, buddy. Absolutely. I'm going to start off. So, Mike, how did you get to five hundred thousand people like that? What What was the What was the secret?
3: Well, you know, it's, a, it's been a journey. I've uh, been building my audience and newsletter now across three different companies for the past 10 years. And I've had people follow me and subscribe to my work from that entire time who still read today. And I think it's a matter of always delivering value, always having their best interests at heart, and, you know, really involving them in your life story and the story of your businesses. And and again, wow. those companies are in three different industries. And yet those folks have followed me from company to company uh, just because we have a fantastic relationship.
0: Yeah. So did you, as, as an entrepreneur, when you were building those that following, did you have like a, a customer acquisition cost that was allowable or was it sort of viral or like, you know, just trying to get an idea of, you know, yeah, you because know, someone can sit down and say, "Okay, I can get a customer for you know eight dollars, and now let's go spend you know two hundred fifty thousand, but you're only going to get 30000 Then, right? So, yeah, how would your model work?
3: No, absolutely. In the in my very first company ten years ago, we relied a lot on affiliates and affiliate marketing and our referral program. So, I'd say that produced about ninety percent of our opt-ins and customers. Right. But I quickly found that with affiliate marketing, you don't have control over your growth, other people do. <laughs> and um, so we learned that lesson the hard way. And then in my second company, and ever since then, we haven't really had affiliates because we need to control our traffic, our revenue and our growth. So everything I've done since then uh, relies on paid media. So for the past two years specifically, uh, you know, I'd say 95% of our subscribers and customers are done through paid Facebook ads. We drive those folks to an hour and a half long training webinar, which does a couple of things. If someone's going to register for a webinar, they're very committed to you know, acquiring that knowledge. They're going to enter in their real email address 99% of the time. And, uh, and we sell a product uh, on there that's about $1,500, which allows us a ton of room from an ad spend perspective to go out and really advertise quite heavily. So on average we'll get 700 to a thousand email subscribers slash webinar registrants every single day. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. So that's it. That's, you know, that's the way, that's the way you take control of your traffic, your revenue, and, uh, and, and really scale your business fast as opposed to trying to do it through hustle and hard work and, yeah. you know, SEO. Well, Seth, like-
0: that's, right, that's right, down your alley, Seth, so um, go ahead, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah,
2: so it sounds like you are getting great results on Facebook. What are you doing in terms of so that you're not 100% dependent on one social media platform?
3: That's the, that's the risk we run right now. We've been playing around with Google AdWords and trying to get that to convert, but, uh, you know, frankly, after three months, we're, we're still struggling to get that to work. Um, we're moving into Instagram here in the next two to three weeks. And so we'll start heading down that channel as well. Um, and then the project that you and I had talked about, you know, a little bit before the call is going to give us a bunch of new abilities that will allow us to start going into YouTube as well, uh, and Twitter and other, other Snapchat, uh, now that they're going to have a paid, you know, ad program as well. So We've got our main arrow, but you're right, if something happens to Facebook, that's our entire business, and it's it's a pretty risky place to be, so we've gotta diversify.
2: Listen, I've been there, I've had three different Facebook ad accounts shut down, you know, in the last X number of years. One, I mean, we've had clients that were spending millions of dollars a month on Facebook ads, and one day Facebook just said, sorry, we don't want your money anymore. Right. So, I, you already know it, I've learned it the hard way multiple times, I've got the scars, so I would say, don't just be dependent on Facebook, but you don't need my advice, um, you're talking about, we're talking about self made man. What about, um, I mean, you're trying to reach entrepreneurs, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Um, any testing of LinkedIn?
3: Not yet. That's on the to do list as well. Um, and that'll be an interesting audience, right? Because it's primarily, I'd say, more on the business corporate side, B2B. Uh, but that's absolutely an avenue that we'll, we'll head down because the quality of the individuals there, I think, is quite high. Um, so.
0: So, Mike, you got any examples of transformations that have occurred with any of your followers, people that have taken your advice? And some, you know, I'm sure you've seen some things, huh?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the neatest part is that uh, a lot of students that I've had, especially a few years ago, I, I wrote a book that has sold a couple hundred thousand copies. And that book spawned probably a dozen to two dozen different businesses that are now probably bigger than mine. Hmm. Uh, you know, so young guys and gals in their 20s finding this, having a light bulb, getting Great. to work. And here they are, you know, five, 10 years later, just crushing it. Nice. But a
0: good feeling, isn't it? Huh?
3: That you, Oh, that's why we do what we do. And
0: as the and, the teacher.
3: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I think is interesting that we s- implemented two years ago, it's really important to me that the people you're selling a product to, especially if it's, you know, in the 1500 to $2,000 price range that it gets used and that they have a great experience and that they put it to work. Right. And so how could we align ourselves from a culture standpoint and a business standpoint to put ourselves on the side of our customers and their results? Because at the end of the day, if we can create the outcome that they're looking for and help them achieve that they are our customer for life, like the amount of goodwill that's created is, is lifelong at that point. So two years ago, we implemented a pretty interesting money back guarantee for all of our courses and all of them come with a 30 day money back, no questions asked. So if it's not a good fit, great, we'll give you a refund. But in addition to that, we uh, created something called the completion challenge. So we offer every student 12 months to actually go through the course and implement what we teach them. And if they do that within a year and send us their work, we give them hundred percent of their money back. Um, so for me, that puts us on the same side as far as what our agendas are. Yeah, It allows our uh, conversion rate, to obviously, to increase because the risk is lower. They've now got a year, but it puts the onus on and the responsibility on them at that point. And for those who finish, we get a glowing testimonial almost every day from somebody who finishes. They get a check. And... They're a customer of ours for life at that point, and, uh, and an evangelist. So
2: yeah, yeah, you're buying so much goodwill there because a lot of times, I mean, we have courses that our struggle is we get them to first you got to get them to buy it, then we got to go take the shrink wrap off the darn thing, and yeah. actually, and then implement it and actually get the result. So I love that your guarantee has conditions attached to it, almost incentivizing them a further way other than just hey, you bought it, you should do it, you wanted the end result, but kind of hey, man, you can have it for free if you'll just do the darn thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, it's uh people can't believe it. They're like, oh my God, I actually got a check. <laughs> so um it's been a cool, it's been a cool strategy that we've implemented.
0: Hey, Seth, I just noticed Mike's got that mic hanging down there. That's he must do a bunch of podcasts. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty professional. I like that's a good that's a good look, don't you think, Seth? I do. I, I think you might have been on one of those. Uh-huh. <laughs> you do. So, have you, you do podcasting too, Mike? You have your own or?
3: Yeah, self made man. Yeah. The self made man podcast. We're yeah. uh, we started it about two years ago, and we average yeah, about one hundred fifty thousand downloads a month on that. Nice. Uh, and we do uh, an episode a week, and you know it's interesting. A lot of people ask me if they should start a podcast these days. And my advice to them is absolutely yes, if you have an existing audience or customer base and you want to build rapport with them and strengthen the relationship, which is why yeah. I started mine. Yeah. And the ROI from a Goodwill perspective has been off the charts. Yeah. Um, but if you want to start a podcast from scratch without an audience in order to turn that into your platform, I would choose a different route uh, at this point because it's a, a really long uphill battle. There's not a lot of money in it. And yeah. uh, there's no way to you know put you know, paid traffic towards it to grow it unless you're, you know, selling other products then you can dump that money into it. So
0: yeah. And if and if, and if, if for many episodes you're gonna hear crickets, you know, that you don't have enough listeners if you're starting from scratch, unless you're gonna buy a lot of traffic, like you say. So um yeah, it's not an easy uh, process. So um yeah. The um and so so right now uh these transformations, some of these companies that have kind of taken off and um and, and grown like that. Do you ever partner with any of these folks or is this only, you know, kind of good luck to them and they're off to the races on their own?
3: You know, they usually become friends <laughs> because okay. if I see someone who's really using my stuff and they're taking action, I love to start helping those folks. Uh, many of them have been running, you know, annual events for their customer bases and those are really the only events that I'll go speak at. And I'll, I'll speak for free. I'll fly out there just to support them because they did it. You know, they really put the effort in. Yeah. Oh, great.
2: For the entrepreneurs who are going through Self-Made Man and that, uh, what are you finding are some of their biggest challenges?
3: Oh, gosh. You know, this is such a journey, right? Entrepreneurship. It, it, it starts with choosing a company name at this point, which especially if you want to find a matching domain name is incredibly challenging these days. I've spent a lot of money for the last two company names, domain names uh, that I've purchased. One, I had to pony up $50,000. Uh, the second one was $25,000. Hmm. So, um, you know, starting there. But I, what's interesting, my biggest piece of advice, if you've never built a business before, if you're not making at least seven figures a year, that's a sign that you haven't mastered a skill set yet and become an expert at something, whether that's uh, bringing a specific uh, area of expertise to the table already in your former or current career, maybe as a doctor, nutritionist, fitness coach, whatever it may be, Um, or going out and acquiring a single skill set, which in our particular case in online marketing, it has to be sales. If you don't know how to write direct response ad copy, if you don't know how to have a persuasive argument and to communicate persuasively via email or video, nothing else matters. It doesn't matter if you know Facebook advertising or not, or Google AdWords. If you can't sell online remotely, you're, you're done. So that is always piece of advice that I give. Uh, the first piece of advice that I give to folks is to go out, master skill set, ideally direct response, copywriting, learn how to sell. And once you can do that, uh, the, the world really just opens up to you quite quickly.
0: It, Mike, you what what kind of like trade shows or trade organizations do you either participate in uh, uh, or, or or recommend people focus on for making good connections?
3: You know, in in this space specifically, I think traffic and con- conversion by uh, digital marketers is probably the highest quality event out there each year. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of good masterminds out there as well. Depending upon what you're looking for, I think. Um, You know, Keith uh, Cunningham's organization here in Austin is absolutely fantastic. If you're looking to learn how to become a business owner instead of an operator, uh, meaning how do you take yourself out of working in the business and put yourself in the role of working on the business, uh, learn how to manage your financials, uh, your cash flows and and hire and fire. I think Keith's program is fantastic for that. Uh, I myself... Uh, I'm a part of a group called Tiger 21. There's about 550 of us uh, throughout uh, the world. Typically high net worth individuals who've had an exit. I haven't had one yet, but that's what I'm working on. Yeah. And our focus uh, in that organization is really investing deal flow legacy, uh, You know, teaching your children about money and uh, philanthropy and things like that.
0: They just launched in Tampa, I believe. Um, I was yeah. Them.
3: yeah, yeah. Fantastic organization. I was the founding yeah. member of the Austin chapter three years ago and it's been Super awesome.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Seth, you got any words of wisdom for us tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about the challenges
2: that your entrepreneurs are facing as they come through your platform with all the success you've achieved. What's your biggest challenge?
3: You know, my biggest challenge is moving from the operator to the owner role. Uh, I'm used to doing everything myself. I'm the fa- when, you're in, uh, when you're the face of a brand and you're the teacher, you're the educator, uh, folks want to hear from you. So I can't really outsource my marketing or my copy. It's, they're buying into me and, and my leadership, right? So it's a very leadership-esque based business and getting out of that and starting to build an asset and a company that is independent of myself and my face is my biggest priority. And so that's what we're transitioning self-made man into in the next uh, two to three months is more of a platform where essentially I'm now the chessboard, or at least providing the chessboard, and other people are the chess pieces on the board and I can take myself out of it and really play the game at a bigger level. So that's what I'm focused on is hiring uh, team building culture, um and uh, and that whole transition piece which is interesting because it's a completely different skill set from what would get you from let's say 0 to seven figures uh in order to go from 7 to 8 or 9
2: talk a little bit about the platform we were talking about ahead of the call if that's if allowed
3: yeah well the goal what i would the advice that i would give to folks is to really think strategically about what you want out of your business 5 to 10 years from now Starting an experts-based business like I've run over the last 10 years is probably the easiest, one of the easiest to start. Um, It's very easy to make six, seven figures in, even eight, but there's no exit from it. I can never sell my business because it's me. Tony Robbins can never sell his business because it's him, right? So that... is fine until it's not anymore. So around five, seven, 10 years as I've been doing, it's I'm a little burned out and I'm ready to build an asset that has value that's independent of myself. So I can sell it, I can have an exit and I can go do different things. So for folks who are just getting started, I would just think about what do you really want five to 10 years from now, engineer that backwards and make sure that you're, you're on that track. And I think one of the primary questions to ask yourself is do you wanna build a company you can sell or not? Um, and those are two very different companies at the end of that question. Um, so I think that's, uh, that's critical. And the platform for me is, is my strategic move into, you know, into that path, if you will. So.
0: so one of the biggest questions we had on, you know, that was relevant on Shark Tank was what is the exit strategy, right? And right. you will know, begin with the end in mind because so many people would come in as private companies and they want a hundred thousand for 10% of their private company. but when will we ever be able to cash out or have an exit if you're going to stay private, you know, all your life, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's obviously a very, uh, you know, appropriate uh, thing to be thinking about from the very beginning.
3: Kevin, do you mind if I ask you a question? Sure, go ahead. You know, one of the biggest uh, questions that I've been asking myself recently is we'll be launching this platform in February and we'll be profitable. We'll have revenue. We'll have a lot of customers from day one. But should I uh, raise, raise around, should I raise three to $5 million if the valuation is acceptable to essentially uh, scale quickly? Because I'm uh, of the opinion that others who have means and the ability will see what we're doing and say, Hey, that's a great idea. That's a great opportunity. And I'm constantly debating that question for myself.
0: Yeah. You know, so it's a good question, by the way. And I, I'll say this, you know, it, it, the I believe that um, the best uh, advice is to think about how you could expand the business in and and utilizing other other capital, obviously. So yes, I think um, especially if you think that there may be some other people coming in that might compete against you. See, in the world I'm in, where we launch a product. If you know, I law- in the old days. I would launch a product, give the idea. I put it on QVC. Somebody else would see it. Then we didn't have the capital to put it in all the stores. They'd knock us off. Boom. They, you know, they'd make the real money. You know, right. So we'd sell ten thousand a month on QVC. They'd sell eighty thousand a week in Walmart and in right. Walgreens. So so we started raising money, and then that's how we did our deals. Because we said before we even put it on QVC, we would test it, show proof of concept, then raise the money around it so we were able to capture the whole market. And so um, the key thing there is, is, you know, not giving away too much, not giving away too much control, all those kind of things. But, you know, generally, you know, depending upon, you know, the market value and all of that, um, you know, a, a $3 million raise, you know, is usually something there's a lot of, there's a great appetite from people out there that want to get in on, on something that has a a nice upside. And also if it's already proven, that's even makes it even easier. Right. But there's also, you got this crowdfunding, are you familiar with regulation A plus for example?
3: Well, you know, I've, I've thought about that because obviously I have a huge following I could crown crowdfund, uh, you know, around in a, in a, twenty four hours and fill it right but the 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 difference is you now have a lot of individuals who may be in your audience who are not very sophisticated from a financial perspective right let's just say you've got ten thousand people who invest a thousand bucks right whatever it may be um, who probably have different expectations about how a business is run and the amount of time it takes to to see a return on their investment yeah. and I just don't think that that would be something I'd want to, I'd want to deal with rather than, Hey, I want to go take on some strategic investors like yourself yeah. or Mark Cuban. Yeah, I
0: mean, the the right. jury's definitely still out on reggae plus, um, yeah. you know, and and that's uh, certainly one of the things to consider, but you know, there's, I mean, if, you know, if, if, if you wanted, um, any other, you know, uh, kind of thoughts or investment bankers, uh, you're in Austin, there's probably a bunch of good guys down that way, but I used to go to New York, um, hmm. New York, LA, and there's you know a lot of a lot of appetite for um you know for for deals that are priced at the right you know especially if there's if the risk isn't too bad right, right. and there's a good upside so right. but yeah i i think with if 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 3 to 5 million can help you 10x your business um you know then it's i i i believe it's it's a good thing to explore and look in a worst case scenario you know at the end of the day if, if it's available and for whatever reason you decide not to, you know, what could be so bad? You turn it down and don't, don't pull the trigger, but um, to know that it's available and there it is. And now this is what I'm going to do with it. And you can see those numbers um, as long as you've got control and you don't have um, any, um, any major issues um, with your operating agreement and stuff like that. Um, you know, then I, then I, I would definitely say it's, it's certainly worth exploring if not even saying, holding the trigger to say yes.
3: Right. that's, that's the, the, the way I've been thinking as well. So
0: yeah, be happy to, be. to talk to you privately.
3: Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Mike,
2: for those of our listeners and viewers who are interested in learning more about Self-Made Man and everything else you got going on, what is the best place for us to send them?
3: Uh, MikeTiller.com would be, would be great. Okay. All right.
2: Thanks everybody. Great episode. And we will see you next time.
3: Awesome. Thank you guys Mike, so much.
2: good seeing you again,
0: buddy. Take
1: care. Likewise. Take care. Talk to
0: you soon.
3: Thank See you me. very much.
0: Bye-bye.
1: This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer.